The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Well, good morning. It's uh, nice to nice to be with you and sit with you this beautiful day and this smells of summer um, around us. I um, one of the things that has been on my mind is um, one of the teachers who I did some practice with at the San Francisco Zen Center uh, died on Sunday. And I, I had no idea he had been si- he's sick or uh, had been sick, um, but I don't know if any of you might have come into contact with Jordan Thorne, who was uh, he was kind of the head of practice in the San Francisco Center for a few years, and I think recently he was uh, working in administration as a treasurer. So, um, you know. Thinking about him and his loved ones, and wishing him a good passage in his in his journey. And as I was thinking about Jordan, one of the um, one of the delightful things about him was how unzen-like he was. <laughs> if you know, if you kind of some image of of of. of z- if you have any image of, of Zen practice or Zen, Zen people, you know, sometimes there's this kind of shaved head, very serious um, inten- intensity. And Jordan uh, Thorne was a kind of big, roly-poly, fun guy and so warm. And I think there was a way that he made uh, practice very accessible for people, especially people who were kind of new to um, new to the center. So I always kind of appreciated his his energy and his lack of uh, pre- pretense. You know, um, he was so fully what he was. You know, and he wasn't trying to be something different. And um, even though. That sounds like a pretty kind of ordinary thing um, for Dharma practice to be fully what we are without trying to be something different is sort of the whole game. You know, that's the essence of it. That maybe could be a definition of, of you know, of the goal of the path or the awakening we come to on the path is not maybe not so much an awakening that transforms us from being a kind of person who's like this to a kind of person who's totally unlike that, who's like this, you know, and that's kind of our way of thinking. But to be so fully what we are, to be so fully who and what we already are, and to so fully accept others and see in others what they truly are, um, maybe is you know the, kind of the essence of, of 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 what Buddha means, um, and um, so of course there's a story about this, um, and it is sometimes offered as 
as a teaching story and as the essence of one flavor, you know, so this is just one flavor of, of practice, but I think it's a helpful one. And it's sort of the one that I associate with Jordan and kind of this idea of, of, of totally embracing who, who we already are. And the story is, um, so the teacher is called Nangaku and the student is uh, Baso. And um, the teacher comes to the student and says something like, what are you doing? You know, what, how, what, are you, what have you been up to? And the student, you know, with a lot of intensity says, I've been, I've been meditating, you know, nonstop, all the time, um, sitting meditation. And, and then the teacher says, oh, um, what, why? Why are you doing that? Um, and the student says, I'm trying to become a Buddha. Okay. And, and this, you know, and kind of if we stop right there, this represents, I think, our usual way of thinking that right now I'm a person who is um, deluded, who has all these problems, who... Um, Something about how things are right now is uh, not acceptable, is not okay, is not enough. And then again, I want to fix and improve uh, how things are and, and get to a place, you know, to become a Buddha. Um, and I think basically we all come to practice with this idea in mind that there's something that we intuit or we sense is um, not quite right. And we want to fix it. So he says, I'm sitting to become a Buddha. And then he says, oh, okay. And then he kind of turns around and he picks up a, in some stories, it's a tile. Other stories, it's a brick. And he starts, he starts rubbing it. And then the student says, you know, what are you doing? And he says, um, I'm polishing this tile and I'm going to turn it into a mirror. Or I'm polishing this brick and I'm going to turn it into a mirror. And the student says, um, you can't, a, a brick can't become a mirror by polishing it or a tile can't become a mirror by polishing it. And then the teacher says, and um, a person uh, doesn't become a Buddha by sitting meditation. And then in that moment, of course, as the story goes, the student was awakened. And, um, and um, you know, so this is off, this is offered um, in, in some traditions as, as a teaching story and as a, a sort of metaphor for um, what, what, are we, what are we doing when we sit? What are we doing when we practice? Um, if, we, if, if our um, whole practice is about trying to get this tile or get this brick to become a mirror, um, we're going to suffer a lot. You know, and maybe there's a way if we really, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I, you know, we could, um, 
But no, that brick is not going to become a, a mirror by us uh, rubbing it. And um, in the same way, um, we don't go from being a person who has delusion or a person who has problems to a person who is enlightened, you know. Um, and, and maybe this is so pointing to um, that the f- that practice is not so much about changing who we are, but coming into a different relationship and appreciating who we are in a different way and seeing that there's something fundamental inside of us that is um, already there and um, just needs to be brought out or just needs to be um, polished. I mean, so this is one of, you know, so this story is something about polishing a tile. And I think the key to this is not in the, the, the tile so much. It's not, it's not about what we're polishing, but it's about the act of polishing, you know? And like, to po- what is it to polish our sitting? What is it to polish our minds, to polish our heart, our life? For me, the, the act of polishing is, you know, it's like um, bringing out, it's brightening, it's, it's caring for something, it's uh, touching, you know. It's like, you know, so sometimes in our tradition, we talk about um, the way awareness, the way, the way mindfulness polishes experience. Um, it's like, what is it to let mindfulness polish the breath? And then in another way, it's like allowing the breath and each breath, each in-breath, each out-breath, each sensation is polishing the mind. Every time we notice something, every time we connect, every time we meet something with mindfulness, with awareness, something brightens, something gets polished in, in us. Um, and so mindfulness, awareness practice, um, one of my teachers has this great saying, he says, awareness leaves everything just as it found it. You know, that, that to, to be aware of something isn't about changing it. Isn't about fixing it. It isn't about turning this tile into something great and profound. It's about meeting it exactly as it is. And when we can meet what, what um, the, you know, just to, to simply meet our life, meet our experience with this awareness, um, even though nothing changes, um, everything changes actually, you know, and it's not like, um, so, so then it said, and so in the commentaries to this, it said that the way I'm paraphrasing here, but the way to make the tile into a Buddha is by totally giving ourselves over to polishing it. Is there a way of taking care of something, polishing it, 
meeting it with our awareness with so much kindness, so much care, so much respect, so much appreciation, that in that process, the tile, this ordinary tile, this ordinary brick, becomes the ancient mirror. You know, one of the, one of the, one of the expressions for Buddha is the ancient mirror, you know. And so, um, but it's not with the intention to turn this thing into that thing. It's about totally caring for this thing, totally caring for what's in front of us. And, um, you know, so I love this idea of polishing and, um, you know, it's like a, it's, it's like in that, it's a profound act of appreciation, of respect, and of taking care of things. And um, not saying, well, this, this thing doesn't matter. So I'm not, usually we think, well, these things don't matter. And this, I'm going to really take care of this, you know, or this important person in my life. And then um, these other people are not important. You know, the people who serve me or the people who, you know, whatever. And um, so this, so that's like, you know, um, the opposite of what this is, but like to meet each, you know, each encounter is an opportunity to recognize Buddha, to polish, you know, to polish. Um, and in that act of, um, of care, of attention, uh, there's some kind of transformation and it, but it's, it's, it's seeing what's already there in a different way. Um, so, um, I was meeting with a friend yesterday who's a, who's also a, a Buddhist teacher. And he told me about how he had just arranged, um, his, uh, he had just prepaid his his for his cremation, eventual cremation, and um, and we kind of laughed about it, you know, because it actually was on sale. <laughs> you know, <and> the <laughs> so you know, if you wait another thing, it was going to go up for this one. And um, when he told me that, and he's you know he, he's he's um, I don't think he anticipates needing that service and hoping he doesn't need that service anytime soon. But, um, and it was interesting. There are a couple of things came up in, in my mind when he said that. One was that um, almost like a kind of um, resistance in, or, or almost like magical thinking, like if I don't, if I don't think about that or make plans for that, then maybe it won't happen. <laughs> you know, you know, and they're kind of just seeing that thread in the mind. And then this other feeling came up, which was that what a beautiful way of taking care, you know, of almost like um, allowing the mind to relax because I know, and, and that, w- that was what he said. He felt so at ease after making these plans because he thought, that's taken care of and that's settled and I don't have to worry about that. And this kind of um, 
cleaning up um, is for me closely connected to this idea of polishing. So we, with, with mindfulness, with awareness, we, we can polish, we can bring out and brighten and, and restore and care for and heal something that's in us. Um, but it's also a way of taking care of um, those around us and, you know, our world and our relationships that um, we can, when, when we clean up things, we can relax. Something in the heart can relax. It's like, okay, I don't have to, it's not a loose end anymore. I can kind of, I don't have to think about that. I don't have to hold it keep it in, in mind. Um, so there's, there's this saying that in, in Dharma practice, there are two activities. Maybe you've heard this before. One is sitting meditation and one is cleaning up. So the first is sitting meditation and the second is cleaning the monastery. And, and, the, and, the, and the sort of PS part is PS the whole world is the monastery and you know our whole life is the monastery and so this this idea of cleaning up as being or of taking care um i don't know why i find that um as a as a as as a shift something for me as a as opposed to um yeah it it's 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 it, what it does for me is it it sort of ennobles the ordinary everyday things or it, br- it brings out the reverence or the sense of the sacred that um, you know okay like um, preparing food or taking my children to summer camp as we did or whatever you know this, wh- you know what is what would it be like to treat this activity as if it's um, a sacred activity, as if there's something um, that the whole universe is in this one activity, is in this one thing, and how I am is um, polishing, is it is is kind of bringing something out, is 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 more the essence of practice than getting to some destination. Um, in in Japan, um, those of you who have some contact with Japanese culture may, may, this may resonate with you, but cleaning is elevated to being, <laughs> it's, a, it's not just when something's dirty, you clean it. It's like cleaning is a spiritual activity. And it's not about cleaning something to make it go from being dirty to being clean. Like when I was in the monastery, we'd be cleaning the floor, and I think, this floor has been cleaned <laughs> so many times. It's so it is like spotless. But still, you know, there is this intensity and attention and uh, throwing your whole being, and you kind of, you have these, like um, a mop sort of head that you hold with your hands, and run with it across the floor and then run with it the other way and 
with it. And so you're going back and forth and back and forth and polishing this floor. And like the floor is spotless. The floor was spotless before we, you know, I mean, this floor has been so polished, you know. And so one way of thinking is like, what a waste of time. You know, <laughs> we could be getting into the deep, uh, we could be sitting or, you know, getting into deep, uh, profound meditative state, or we could be, um, you know, going to a soup kitchen and, and, and offering service to people, you know, we're going back and forth on this floor. And so it took a long time for me to realize that in polishing the floor, I was polishing my mind, you know. And it was like this activity of forced me to let go of my opinions and forced me to let go of my usual, um, sometimes we call that instrumental, instrumental, instrumentalized way of thinking that I'm doing this in order to get that. There was no reason, you know. I mean, there's, there's, I couldn't, I couldn't make it work. I couldn't say there is, you know, it's not about the floor. It's not about learning the skill of how to polish the floor. It's not about, I mean, maybe you know, discipline or something. I'm the kind of person who's does what I'm told or something. I don't know, but at some point, everything falls away, and you know, there's just this activity and just this energy and just this feeling of, of taking care of something, cleaning it beyond my ideas of clean and dirty, beyond my ideas of purity and impure. And that's, you know, that that's considered a very helpful way to approach practice when we can sit in a way that we're not trying to get something else. You know, it's not a means to an ends. We're not trying to, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's doing this practice totally for its own sake, that the payoff is in the activity. You know, it's not for some future payoff. What is it like to do something that the payoff is totally in the act of doing it. Um, this just the story comes to mind. If I, I remember asking, um, a teacher gave a Dharma talk and, um, and it was actually at Zen Center in, in San Francisco. And if you know that, model or that the, the way it's set up there the teacher kind of is up in a different room and then there's sort of a procession and they walk down the stairs and they go into the buddha hall and they make the bows and then they go and they give a dharma talk and somehow i got talking to the teacher and i said um were you th- i don't know i don't i don't know why i asked her i said were you thinking about your talk when you were walking down the stairs and and he kind of looked at me and smiled and he said, um, sort of like, that's the great thing about practice. When you're walking down the stairs, you're just walking down the stairs and you're just in that moment and doing that activity. Walking down the stairs is not 
merely this thing I have to get through in order to do this more important thing, which is to give a talk, right? But it's actually walking down the stairs, the whole world is right there. The whole universe is in this activity. And so when we can let go, and so he was kind of saying, um, that's, that's how, um, you know, when we can live our life moment to moment and be in that activity, um, I, I think I was sort of asking, like, were you, were you anxious about your talk or were you nervous, you know? And he was saying, I was totally, when I was walking down the stairs, I was walking down the stairs. And I didn't have to worry about my talk because I was, I was um, appre- you know, appreciating that moment and doing that. And, and I always remembered that because I thought, that's so unlike how I am. <laughs> Thinking about some, something else. There's a, and oh, but I realized in that moment that what I usually do is give up this moment for some imagined future moment know, and sacrifice this moment and say, well, this moment is not really that important or that great, but there's some other moment maybe in the future that's really, that will be worth showing up for and fully being there and fully being present and mindful and awake to. And um, I can sort of sacrifice this moment and fill it up with thinking and with planning and with, you know, whatever it is that we fill up our mind about some future moment. And, um, and so this idea about um, uh, rather than trying to turn the tile into something that it's not, is to fully, totally appreciate the tile and be there with the tile and, and, and take care of it, you know, and take care and, and um, meet it. Like when we polish something, we're meeting it. We're, we're you know, it's, there's a tenderness to it. It's not, it's not uh, violent. I mean, I think there's a sort of, there's a violence in... Um, self-improvement, you know? And it, it was one of the things I loved about Jordan is that he was so fully himself and that, you know, he wasn't going to become something different. And um, he knew that, <laughs> you know, in a way. And, you know, so, so um, um, I don't know if I should say this, but I, this is the image I have and I, and I say it with a lot of love, but I remember walking those of you who know in the city where, where Zen Center is, it's close to the Hayes, Hayes Street, which is a kind of commercial district, which in the last five, 10, 15 years has become a kind of really, you know, a little more gentrified place. And there's cafes and shops. And, and I remember walking over towards Hayes Street in the, on a break, I mean, maybe like a day like saying, and I remember seeing Jordan coming back with like two bottles of wine. <laughs> and I think he just comes up from the, from the wine store or something, you know. And, um, but it was just, what I appreciated is, is um, 
his his own um, authenticity in a way you know of of of, of being himself and um, he wasn't going to hide that he went shopping for you know him he, was, he had grow you know had other things but he was so his bottle bottle kind of stuff home you know um, you know and um, so when we can we, when we can be ourselves and we can really relax and we can appreciate ourselves and then we can appreciate the goodness that's inside of us and polish that bring that out and we can appreciate the goodness in others that we're not trying to always fix other people and say well you're okay but you know you could be better if you blah 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 um we can see the goodness in others and when we see someone even if you know everyone has flaws right and everyone has problems but when we see someone else's goodness it's like we're polishing that in them and 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 then that helps them to see it and that brings it out um that um one of the, one of the things that people often s- said around um Suzuki Roshi and I feel like my my you know uh my Zen teacher Mel has this quality of um that in that field of appreciation and in that field of acceptance my own goodness um, wants to come out rather than someone saying you're a bad boy and you don't do that and you know it's like this really big great spacious mind and of of seeing um, each person's Buddha nature seeing each person's uh, intrinsic perfection and when someone sees that in us, then it, it wakes that up in us. And we go, oh. Then, then they become a mirror for us. You know, and, uh, you know, that's, it's like the mirror is, is seeing our own reflection, is seeing our own nature, that, that everything becomes a mirror. Everything is calling us, uh, reminding us of, our nature um, and so there's a you know something that happens between two people that reflection that connection that aliveness which I think comes from this this um, this movement to polish much more than this movement to fix and to change to um, uh, improve um, if someone tells me you need to improve in all these ways, what do I think? Well, I think, well, <sighs> no, I think, I think, um, I must be starting from a place that's not so good. And then I need to improve and come up to a better place. But if someone says to me, um, you are really wonderful and, um, you really showed that um, wonderfulness when you did this, or that, that seems to come out when you do this. And then I think, oh, okay. So there's something inside of me that's good, and it's more about polishing that. It's more about 
setting up the conditions for that to flourish, for that to flower, for that to blossom, rather than, you know, um, spray the weed killer and, (laughs) you know, the Roundup or whatever, just bomb the whole place and reseed it with something nicer. Um, So, so in our practice, we're, we're, um, kind of mirrors for each other, you know, and appreciating uh, what's good in us, what's good in others. And in that appreciation, that encourages, that feeds the goodness, that encourages what's good to grow. Um, um, To throw in one more metaphor in here, but like often there's this idea in practice of the ground, of taking care of the ground, taking care of the soil. So we don't, um, we don't make something grow better or faster by kind of, you know, yelling at it, by p- trying to pull it out, you know, kind of, okay, you know, pull this, pull this plant out. It's we really nourish the soil and take care of the soil and trust that um, good things will inevitably come from that care and that, that love that we bring with our mindfulness, with our awareness, that it's, it's, um, that it leaves everything, um, just as it is. And, and, but, and, and so, um, and we discover that how things are, how they always have been, is absolutely, you know, is absolutely fine. And it's, um, uh, you know, it, it's been inside of us all along and, um, you know, allowing everything we, we experience to, to polish us, to brighten us, to, to, to bring out that goodness. Um, so maybe that's, maybe that's enough for, for now. Um, thank you very much for your, your kind attention. And, um, we have a few minutes for, for if anyone has, um, reflections on that, um, questions, disagreements. Um, where do you see, I guess that that whole that perspective is it do you see it as something that maybe we should like it's the intention that you set when you sit you know like when you come you say okay now is you know i'm not trying to do this i'm not trying to do that or is it does that make sense yeah 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 when when does that enter yeah no thank you that's a great question um i'll give you my perspective on it which i you know in different teachers may have different understandings. 
But I think that, the, I mean, the way I, oh, I mean, so what I offered this morning is sort of one perspective. And then the other perspective is, um, you know, we have all these good reasons for meditating, for sitting, and um, uh, we have these aspirations. We want to, you know, maybe it's that we want to be happier. We want to suffer less. We want to help people, you know, whatever it is. Um, so the way I uh, think about it is to um, hold all of the, you know, hold, hold the greatest, deepest, biggest aspiration that we can for ourselves, for our life, for our practice. Um, what, you know, what, whatever it is that inspires us, that brings us to, um, to, to, to sit, to, you know, to meet ourselves in that way. So to hold that, but when we sit down, um, let go of that, totally let go of that, to let, let go of, and to fully, um, and, and completely um, meet exactly how we are right now. And exactly, with, without the idea that I'm going to be mindful of this, and then, I mean, our usual way is, I'll be mindful of this if we remember. And if it's not, it's such a good thing. I'll be mindful of it, and then maybe it'll go away. <laughs> you know? And, um, but what is it to totally meet, like, let's say I have some sadness or some grief. Um, what is it to totally sit and be with it and meet it and feel it exactly as it is with this complete acceptance that it doesn't need to change, it doesn't need to go away. If it's unpleasant, okay, be there with the unpleasantness. And it's like this mind of totally embracing, total total acceptance. Um, I mean, so that's one way of, you know, and... and um, something in that is is its own completeness it's like you know polishing the floor even though the floor is spotless you know um to to meet what's happening exactly as it is um and allow ourselves to have the experience we're having without evaluating it without thinking well God, I just sat here for 20 minutes and all I did was think about blah, 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 you know. Um, just, to, just to be willing to fully inhabit our life as it is right now takes a lot of letting go, actually. It takes, that's, there's a profound shift in that because usually there's all this evaluation and all this resistance. And I think that my our way of thinking is that meditate, you know, maybe if you're talking about meditation, meditation is about stopping the thinking or getting to a state that's really calm or really good or something. And so it's quite a shift to say, it's not about cleansing the mind or, or getting to it, you know, turning this brick that's in my mind into a Buddha, into a mirror. Um, that it's um, much more about coming to peace with the contents 
of, of the mind as they are. So it's coming to peace. It's when we fully accept the brick as a brick, when we fully accept the tile as a tile, oh, that's what it is. It's a tile. It's not a mirror. And a tile is a really good thing. It is a really important thing, right? And um, we can appreciate it as it is rather than, oh, it's not that. This is not that. If I'm always thinking this is not that, then I can never fully be here and appreciate this. So if this moment is not what I think it should be, it's not that, it's not, you know, well, I had one good sitting about six months ago. <laughs> you know, and every sitting since has not been that. <laughs> well, okay. Um, how much of my life have I spent rejecting this because it's not that? You know? So to fully appreciate this for what it is, and um, that's the practice. So that's so. So mindfulness has this wonderful quality of not um, having within it judgments and opinions about what it's mindful of. You know, to be aware of something. You know, to hear the sound of the bell. You know. And just to let it come in and, uh, you know, to know that sound is enough. And the, and the, the extras that we add on it, oh, the sitting's over, thank God, or, you know, you know whatever, it, whatever it is. Um, that's, of course we do that because the mind does that. But, um, and, we, and we accept that too. That too is, you know, so it's not about having a pure experience without thinking. It's about getting wider and wider that we can hold it all. We can hold, we can be willing to um, have this experience, however it is, however it happens to be. And then we notice that in meditation, for example, it's just one experience after another. You know, it's like sometimes it's like this, and sometimes it's like this. Sometimes, you know, the breath is relaxed and soft and, 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 and deep. Sometimes it's more, it's, it's, it's more shallow or more tight. Or sometimes the body feels really soft. Sometimes it feels, you know, achy or tight. Or, and to be willing to, okay, this is my life in this moment. I'm going to be here for this uncomfortable sensation of pain. That's the shift that um, even though it sounds very simple, it's like that's emptiness actually. In, when you hear Buddhists talk about emptiness, it must be emptiness must be, I don't know why, but <laughs> some maybe deep in outer space where there's nothing, right? You know, but, but actually the realization of emptiness is um, not preferring one state over another. So whether the mind is busy and tight and irritated or whether the mind is soft and, and calm and relaxed, we can see the emptiness of either of them. We can see it's just changing. It's just, you know, um, 
it's not like one is intrinsically better than the other. You know, so to sort of come to peace with how, however things are, independent of the content, um, is, is, you know, maybe may one intention you can have when you say it. So rather than to make the, the, this experience be a certain way, what is it to, to fully come to peace with, with, with however, however my life manifests in these next 20 minutes or something. Um, sorry for long answer. <laughs> so, so maybe just to close, like, you know, this is one of the, I find this perspective helpful, especially when I notice that there's some movement that this, whatever this is, is somehow not enough. And I want to get through this, get past this, and get to something else. And for, for me, that's sort of like a mindfulness bell. And that's, okay, wait a second. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe, you know, it's like, Wa- rushing down the stairs to get to give my talk about patience and <laughs> you know or, 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 or speeding down the freeway to to come here and talk about you know um, relaxed awareness so you know it's like um, I've noticed that and I've noticed in driving here it's like you know am I just driving now to just get somewhere else or what what would it be like to have this be the meditation, have this be um, manifest the mind that um, we're, we're, we're trying to cultivate. So, you know, whenever we notice that we're sacrificing this moment for the next moment, it can be a wonderful mindfulness bell. And so without judgment, without, you know, just to say, oh, okay. What, you know, am I missing something here? Or is there a way I can be more present and more open to what's happening right now rather than seeing this as sort of filler for something else in my life? Um, so, okay. Well, thank you very much. And uh, may we all appreciate our, our the, the beauty of our life um, in whatever manifestation it presents itself uh, moment by moment. So, yeah, thank you.